T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. The COVID-19 pandemic widely exposed inequities in this nation's health care, access to health care, and health outcomes. People in poorer and, frankly, many non-white communities were hit even harder than others, and they're still trying to catch up. But this information was not new to people who've been looking into health equity issues. They've seen such patterns before and been trying to address them. Just look at cancer, specifically breast cancer. In the next half hour, we're going to do just that. Hello, I'm political editor Craig Delamore, and this is At Issue. Black women have the highest breast cancer mortality in Illinois, as they do across the nation. And nonprofits like the Susan G. Komen Breast Cancer Organization have been raising the alarm for years. Uh, they recently came out with a report on closing the breast cancer gap, and some lawmakers in this area are working to address the problems. Well, my guests this weekend are going to bring us up to date on the problem and the potential solutions. Joining me via Zoom are Chicago State Representative LaShawn Ford from the West Side and Omatola Gordon-Rose, who is in Georgia right now, but she is the Senior Director of Health Equity Initiatives at Susan G. Komen, and I thank both of you for joining me. Um, Omatola Gordon-Rose, let's start off with you. What uh, have we learned from that uh, Susan G. Komen report? Well, um, for the Susan G. Coleman report, Closing the Gap, our landscape analysis, it was interesting, as you mentioned, how COVID exacerbated a lot of the, the challenges when it comes to inequities. And we found that for Chicago itself, that um, Black women continue to experience the higher mortality rates than white women in each of those metro areas, um, nine counties. And where the greatest disparity um, is in Cook County, where 56% of the population resides. We've also found that Black women are consistently more likely to die from breast cancer when compared to white women in every county across the Chicago metro area. We also found that in our report that Black women relate experiences of racism in their treatment and implicit bias um, based on the insurance that they have. Um, another thing that we found that the Chicago counties with large black population face more poverty, poorer health care quality, and higher breast cancer deaths than other counties. And Omatola, is this pattern in 
the Chicago area and in Illinois, is, does it is it matching what we're seeing nationwide? I mean, this is not a a, a Chicago problem, is it? No, it's it's a national problem because nationally, um, black women are forty percent more likely to die from breast cancer. And for instance, in Atlanta, we saw similar um, challenges and inequities where transportation also is a barrier for access to care, as well as when um, patients are in the healthcare system, how they're treated differently when compared to white women. Hmm. So are there specific uh, reasons why? Is it just that, is it just a matter of poor areas for poor access or are there other things going on that uh, hold people back, even in the science itself? I mean, are we, are we researching all the things that we need to research? Um, when it comes to breast cancer, um, in the, especially in the Black community, and um, it, it's bi- biology plays a huge role, but also the social determinants of health, those factors, underlying factors that increase one's um, risk for um, the health outcomes for breast cancer. So for instance, um, access to transportation to get to treatment can be delayed. Black women are more likely to um, be diagnosed at a younger stage of, of the disease with more aggressive forms of the disease. And Black women are dying at these higher rates because the health system also has failed them and it continues to fail them at every step of their breast cancer journey. So in most cases, the disparity is not simply a matter of access sometimes to screenings, but it's everything that comes after the woman gets into the healthcare system from the quality of the screening that they receive, um, the cost, as well as the implicit biases from their providers. Uh, Also those perception that black women are strong and they are able to withstand anything (laughs) and they're not treated fairly in the healthcare system. And there are so many other um, issues where it comes to housing, um, the racism um, experiences, their um, affordability of healthcare. There are so much other underlying factors that contributes to the health outcome of breast cancer women for women, black women. Representative LaShawn Ford, let's let's talk about first. Um, the kind of feelings you get when you hear and see statistics like what uh, Omatola is uh, bringing us and, and, and see what's going on in your own community. Craig, I think that um, it's a reality that I actually understand. And one of the reasons why I'm honored to be an elected official in the state of Illinois, because we and I recognize that the problems that we see in the Black communities must have the alarm sound. And we have to have people that are conscious and understand the biases that exist in healthcare settings and in communities. And so I'm wide awake to the issue. I'm a woke politician, and I understand that there must be some critical race theory training even in the medical profession. Um, obviously, and I know you use the, the, uh, the, the term intentionally, but things get 
political when we start trying to talk about race and how it may affect things and how do you how do you navigate that you deal with it head on Craig you can't avoid it if you avoid it then you miss the mark and so you can't be afraid to let the public know let the universities know let the doctors know that black health may need a different attention than other health. And so the only way to really progress is to recognize that there's a problem, to recognize that our healthcare settings, that our institutions of higher learning actually focus on the majority population. And so we can't be afraid to recognize that there is a problem that has persisted in society, in all facets, and healthcare is one that we know need to recognize the biases that exist. Yeah, and uh, Omatolo Gordon-Rose, let me uh, bring that back to you because I know that there are specialties within medicine that address the differences in populations, for example, and I know this because I, I have a 95-year-old father, that there's geriatric medicine, that there are specific problems that older people may have. What can be done about addressing the, the attitudinal problems within medicine to make sure that the care is better or at least recognizes the, uh, the problems as different or knows where to look, maybe the better phrase? Well, you know, um, with the, the physicians, they have to be able to check their own biases. You know, when a patient walks through the door, you know, understand their own unconscious bias because biases sometimes are so ingrained and unconscious, it's not even recognized. They're not even able to recognize it in their work and to be able to understand their own biases. And if, if not, get training on how to recognize those biases when a Black person walks through the door and how, uh, and listen, being able to listen to their needs. Uh, we've also found that many Black women said they're not, their providers don't listen to them. You know, it's just dictating what they feel that is necessary without considering the patient's needs and being able to target their, their approach and care to the patient's needs because um, it's not a one-size-fits-all. With health equity, everyone have the opportunity to be as healthy as possible, but everyone's needs aren't the same. So physicians should be able to recognize and have those conversations with um, their patients and, and the patients also being able to be comfortable with their provider to ask those questions that they feel that is necessary to have the most optimal type of care. Um, so I think it will be best for um, provider to be more culturally and linguistically competent in their in providing services for their patients, as well as being able to listen and being able to navigate those patients to the services that they need to to have a better health outcome with their breast cancer. I was I was fascinated by one of the uh, things that uh, that you said, and I, I would want to hear uh, uh, Representative Ford's reaction to this too. It's not always ill-intentioned because you said one of the one of the, the myths or the uh, the misconceptions is that African-American women are simply stronger 
than than others and that's probably meant to be well but what it means is you ignore some some symptoms correct representative 40 i mean it, it's like not not people are trying to be evil they're they're just simply uneducated they're uneducated and once again their teachings are re reflected in it and so when you look at the cdc and you look at all of the task forces that the federal government lay out we have to get more black women black men black children in the critical um, studies. They have to be a part of the um, studies so that our medical conditions and our types, blood types, could be recognized in these clinical trials. And yes, Black women are vulnerable too. And we must recognize that and realize that they need the same recognition of their health as other people. And so that's why it's so important that the federal government does everything that we can to make sure more black people have access to critical race theory training and have access to uh, the, uh, the, the trials. They have to be a part of the clinical trials. It's critical. I want to also uh, talk about, and this is something we're going to talk a lot about, I think, uh, uh, what government can do and you have some legislation uh representative ford that uh would address the disparities when it comes to breast cancer and tell tell us a little bit about that yeah you know i think that one of the things that omatola and the organization have been doing is raising the awareness about breast cancer in the black community and so what they have done and what they have allowed the General Assembly to do is to pass legislation that will not impact taxpayers because we have decided to use a license plate to raise the awareness about breast cancer and at the same time use the funds from um, the sale of the license plates to go into a fund so that more people could be hired in areas like the Austin, Inglewood, Roseland community, where we see a large number of breast cancer um, patients in those neighborhoods. So they're going to put people to work, maybe 200 outreach trained people because of the legislation that they've been pushing in Springfield. It's major. And, you know, Craig, the other thing that I'll say that government should do everything that it can to produce and to provide funding for more Black professionals in the medical field. That's going to help out a great deal. Now, let's first talk about your, your the bill that you are uh, sponsoring. Uh, what exactly would it do? It, is it because it, it directs funds in a specific way, right? It directs funds, yes, into the um, breast cancer um, program so that navigators will be trained and hired to go out into communities so that they can make sure that people are directed to care and treatment as it relates to breast cancer. So it's a simple license plate that allows for people to 
purchase on their own. It's not a tax on taxpayers. It's a voluntary um, program that people could support the efforts of um, getting to zero for breast cancer and fighting breast cancer simply by um, buying a specialty license plate and the funds will go straight to the organizations to fight breast cancer in Illinois. Now, does this plate exist now or, and, or is it uh, what would be a new plate? Plate exists now, and I'll, I'll let Oma told, talk about that. No. So the, the license plate, the, that, that exists now. So with that, um, again, we're going to, because Coleman does patient navigation, and patient navigation plays a key role in navigating um, patients and people to the services that they need in a community. For instance, if they need housing connections or need transportation issues or anything that they're having, these funds will help to train um, culturally and linguistic patient navigators to be able to work with the community and work with those people that look like them to get them into those services. So once those um, once they're involved in that, it will help to accelerate and be able to increase care in those needed communities because many people don't know how to navigate the healthcare system. So having someone to hold their hand to walk them through that process is uniquely helpful and is evidence-based that it works. Um, so this approach through our license plate um, initiative, it will help us to provide those funding to to buy, um, to train patient navigators to do the job that that's needed in those communities. I've got a couple more questions on those, along those lines, but you are listening to WBBM News Radio's At Issue. I'm Craig Delamore. We're talking about breast cancer in the African-American community. My guests are Chicago State Representative LaShawn Ford and Omatola Gordon-Rose, the Senior Director of Health Equity Initiatives at Susan G. Komen. Um, the plate is, uh, so in other words, you can buy this plate right now in Illinois. Is that correct? Yes. Okay, and and the money right now goes where? The money will um, some of the funding will be um, to Susan G. Coleman. No, but well. I mean though, does it go? Where does it go now? If the plate is already in on sale, um, I can't answer that question right now. Where does it go now? Um, I think more on a policy level, we're working collectively to see how those fundings are disseminated better throughout the community. Yeah. And yeah, so and, and right Representative now, Ford, yeah, go you go ahead because that's that is the question that I wanted to follow up on. Yeah, so the department administers the funds, so it goes um, to the Department of Public Health, and they um, could administer grants. But now we want to take it from the state departments of Department of Human Service and Department of Public Health to make sure that it's directed, redirected for a specific cause like this one. Mm -hmm. And that brings up another question because research money, treatment, other programs like this are, I mean, there's a finite amount of money. And is that not a risk of being a subject to a tug of war among service providers and researchers and others who will say, wait a minute, we want the money to go in this direction. How do you work through that? 
Well, I think that there's enough um, efforts that could be um, lent to the cause to fight breast cancer. And there, this bill has bipartisan support and it has the support of advocates from across the state saying that this is the right thing to do. This bill is without opposition. And so when you think about um, those that could be um, disappointed or feel that they should be receiving the funds because they're fighting breast cancer, um, they're in support of this legislation. They believe that it's the right thing to do because when you hire almost 200 people to go out into these communities to help reduce the, um, the um, breast cancer mortality, it makes everybody's job more meaningful and, and it helps out the whole fight. Um, Matola, from a public health standpoint, what are the things that these people, these field workers or whatever you're going to call them do, um, what's their main aim? Is it convincing people to get screened? Is it getting them to doctors? Is it finding funds? What, what do they have to do to make the outcomes better? Their main aim, the main goal is for them to provide support to patients throughout their breast cancer journey. So whatever support that they may need um, to navigate them throughout their journey of better health outcomes, that's what they're there for. So just to hold their hands, you know, we all need someone to hold our hands through difficult times. So these are where our patient navigators come in and they will hold your hand throughout the, your breast cancer journey, connecting you to resources that you may not know, know that you need, connecting you to all of those pieces that will help you to navigate your the journey a little bit easier uh, and let, make it less stressful to try to figure out what's the next steps. So with, with that, they're able to call Susan G. Komen, our helpline, and these um, patient navigators, will be, they will be connected to a patient navigator in that city, and the patient navigator will help them throughout their breast cancer journey, regardless of what they're looking for. Uh, Representative Ford, um, in the community, on the streets where, where, where you are, um, how do you get people to even reach out, to take that first step. Uh, I don't know if, uh, I know when I was growing up, there was kind of a stigma. People didn't want to talk about cancer. Um, I suspect it's less now, but still is the knowledge out there. And how do you, how do you get more people to get themselves into a position to be supported? Yeah, Craig, that's exactly the purpose of these navigators, they're going to hire people that actually live in the communities that can relate to the culture of those neighborhoods. And that's the key, making sure that you can connect culturally with an understanding about the challenges that the people are having. And that's why this bill, once it becomes law and the funds are created, you will be hiring people that understand and that know the community. And that's gonna give us a greater chance at making sure that we um, lead people to the care that they need. Having people that look like them, live in their neighborhoods and communities, and that is what we've been missing in the past. Not having people from the community working in the community, 
given the message. Well, Matola, uh, Gordon Rose, what are the um, what are the things that make people that to bring people in? In other words, what are the messages that you can uh, offer to people that make them understand and accept that? Yeah, we we need this, and we uh, we want to seek out. We 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 want that exam that some people are scared to get because they don't want to hear any bad news. Yeah. So it um stand for her. Stand for Her Health Equity Revolution. Our, our program is to, again, to target Black communities and to get them into care um, and have them understand their risk as well. So part of that is also we have our educational program and the patient navigators, they are very well trained and versed in understanding um, navigate and understand it all to navigate racism, biases, and all of these other pieces that is needed to help to encourage um, individuals to take care of their breast cancer help. Um, I think one of the challenges that we found is that um, providing trustworthy information and emotional support um, was one of the findings from our report. So our navigators will be able to do that to provide those trustworthy information that is targeted to our community, understanding that racism and implicit bias play a big role in the healthcare system and being able to um, communicate that to those individuals who need those services. And um, Susan G. Coleman, we also provide those services in-house and through our breast care helpline. So if they're not aware of what Susan G. Coleman offers, we also offer financial assistance to overcome those financial barriers that um, patients may be encountering throughout their breast cancer journey. So with those uh, understanding of those pieces and understanding their barriers, we're able to address those inequities a little bit better and to be able to move the need along in the Black community to help address breast cancer. Um, LaShawn Ford, uh, the uh, legislation, first off, just so people, if they want to follow it, uh, what, is the, uh, what is the bill called? And, uh, and what's the status is, of, of that bill right now? Well, the, I would tell you that the, um, the bill is going to pass today, um, and it will go over to the um, Senate for the same process of um, going through the rules committee on to the um, standing committee and to the floor for a vote. Um, we don't believe we're going to have any problems um, passing it because it is an agreed bill and everyone that supports the um, vehicle breast cancer license plate uh, bill agreed that this should pass. And this house bill um, is house bill, sorry, Craig, um, 5026 HB5026, the okay. vehicle breast cancer plates. And uh, for people who are listening, we are recording this on Friday. So, uh, so this is the end of the week. And it sounds like you're going to have a, you're going to clear a hurdle today. And then the bill will be uh, up in the uh, legislature when they return for the next week. Um, so, uh, well, I'll give you early congratulations on that. Uh, how surprised are you, if you were it surprised at all, that uh, given the way things have been going in Springfield, that this is a... Uh, a bipartisan and an agreed bill. 
Well, um, Omatola and the Coleman Foundation, they worked this bill, not just this year. And it's an example of the legislature and nonprofits and for-profits all working together to bring us to a common ground. So I'm not surprised when you have people working together for a cause like this. So it's a win for Illinois. It's a win for the fight to save lives as it relates to breast cancer. And we're going to also put people to work. Mm. And uh, Omatola, I'm going to give you the last word. We've got about 30 seconds left. But um, as you look across, the, you get to look at it from, the, from up in the sky. Uh, as you look, are, are you seeing successes like this across the country? Um, I'm not as yet. <laughs> so hopefully with uh, more policy, public policy um, um, being passed around breast cancer care and all of the other pieces similar to what we're doing in Chicago, that we're going to see some successes because policy um, plays a really big role in moving um, in the systems change that we're looking to to address. So we're hoping that some successes are going to be made because we're, you know, when I see the, the number of Black women who are dying reduced, you know, then I'll feel a little bit happier that, you know, we're doing something, but our numbers have been so high, you know, 40% more likely it's just heartbreaking to think about for Black women um, dying of breast cancer. Thank you very much. That was Omatola Gordon-Rose. She is the Senior Director of Health Equity Initiatives at Susan G. Komen. I'd also like to thank Chicago State Representative LaShawn Ford for joining us as well. To our listeners, if you would like a copy of this program or to hear it again, please visit our website at wbbmnewsradio.com. There's a link on the homepage. You can also find our podcast on odyssey.com. We'll be back next week with another edition of At Issue, and I hope you'll be listening. Until then, I'm Craig Delamore, News Radio 105.9 WBBM. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.